Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Everybody and welcome once again. You already know what it is. It's Simpsons is greater than a Simpsons podcast where we look at all aspects of your favorite nuclear family, the Simpsons. As always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You might have seen my Simpsons collection on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, there's no better time than right now, or at least when you're done with this episode. And if you don't know what today's episode is, it's episode 27 with none other than Robert W. Getz. Robert is a Simpsons collector, but not only that, he also wrote what I consider the two most important books on Simpsons collecting, period, over 20 years ago. So if you don't know his name, I hope you do now. Episode 27. Let's go. No, I'm, I just want you to know, Warren, you're absolutely, and I'm, I've turned 65 last, late last year. You are the only interview I have ever done. Well, I find that so that that's ridiculous and uh but, but not surprising but not, not surprising it, it is to me it is to me and we're gonna get we're gonna get into why uh in this interview so um we we will start off you know like i always do and i will ask you robert how are you i know it's a weird time in the world so yeah. you know sincerely how are you i'm doing pretty well uh and Actually, I had a very, very wonderful Valentine's Day gift from my mm. wife a couple days ago, which was to wake me and tell me she had actually arranged for my uh, vaccine. Wow. And uh, which actually makes you feel very strange because you'd rather the, your significant other take the first uh, slot that opens up. But instead, she remarkably... And we've been trying to do this for weeks. She found a slot, and they go so quickly. I I don't know if you've tried yet, but they just no, go so yet. fast. And she just she put me in, and she woke me up that morning and told me. And so next week, I get my first shot of the two Modernas. Wow. And uh, so I'm feeling a little better. Uh, as you might imagine, but, uh, <laughs> well, that's good news. That's yeah. Good it's, news. it's, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. And we're both, we're both kind of fatigued from, uh, the supermarket shopping. And, you know, we do know people who, um, have their groceries delivered and instead we are kind of silly and we go out and we, we go to the supermarket once a week and we played, you know, kind of human dodgeball with people. And it's, <laughs> it's become a little, you know, the magic has worn off Warren. Yeah. The, the magic totally... of a global pandemic has begun to slightly wear off. <laughs> I could totally, I could totally relate to that. And I, my how, wife and I are the same how are way. You? I'm good. I'm good. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing my best, my wife and I, to just uh, stay safe and get through it. You know, I, I, yeah. So, you know, some people, they find hobbies like, you know, 
maybe they get into like taking photos of birds. Maybe they get into, you know, collecting books, but I just started a podcast and decided to uh, bother people about the Simpsons as much as I could. So <laughs> that's great. No, that's great. I used to do a blog back in the day. And I expect that if, uh, if, I was doing that sort of thing. Now I would probably do a podcast. I, I expect. Yeah. Well, it's never, it's never too late, Robert. And for, for <laughs> anyone who might, for anyone who might not be familiar with you, Robert, you know, you've written for magazines, you worked in radio, but Simpsons collectors like myself know your yes. work as essentially the Bible or Bibles. <laughs> Of Simpsons collecting and oh goodness goodness gracious <laughs> and of course I'm talking about the unauthorized guide to the Simpsons collectibles uh, from '97 and also further adventures in the Simpsons collectibles from the year 2000 and I got to tell you Robert these books are pivotal to anyone still in 2021 that is collecting Simpsons I recommend these books to anyone that gets into this hobby and so I I would I just want to thank you for putting these books together. Because uh, I'm just going to pretend it was just for me. Well, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm tremendously pleased that you still were able to find some use uh, for them, and I say that because you know they are kind of old. Uh, to say they were written is you know maybe gilding the lily a little bit because <laughs> basically you have uh, a series of pictures with captions. So what I did was I wrote a lot of captions. But I will say this in my defense, and uh, I don't know how successful I was, but part of what I had wanted to do when I put it together was um, bring some of the essence of the show or what I thought was some of the humor of the show and try to bring that to some of the captions and maybe every two or three of them <laughs> so that when you read it, it wasn't you know, the normal sort of price guide where you'd kind of be reading it and go, okay, that's 20 bucks. That's 30 bucks. I <laughs> wanted there to be some, some funny stuff so that, you know, maybe you'd smile or you'd laugh and there'd be, you know, uh, so th that was, that was a, an important part to me. And the introduction was an important part to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I got to say, um, you know, I, I think it's awesome to hear you say that, you didn't realize that people were still getting so much use uh, out of these books, but oh, I'm I'm being perfectly honest with you, Warren. I'm I'm really kind of shocked that in a, in a way that anybody actually remembers these. Uh, I I well, you know, you're too modest, Robert, and I'll let you know, and I'll let my listeners know that uh, you know I know several people. I have a you know a, I have a group of people that I talk to regularly about Simpsons collecting outside of just my followers from the Instagram. Right. And you know they all use your books and wow. they all recommend wow. your books and they all you know your books have never gone away to I, I I would be hard pressed to find a Simpsons collector anywhere in the world that doesn't still use these books as reference. I am and, I'm really touched, Warren. Thank you. <laughs> if you had to describe these books to someone who, you know, isn't familiar with them, how right. would you describe them? Um, well, I'll, I'll try and give you a real quick thumbnail of how they came to be. Um, I'm the sort of person who really just loved haunting uh, bookstores, record stores, uh, collectible stores, antique malls. And I noticed after a while that there was always a shelf, and this would be at a Barnes & Noble or a Borders or any of these, there'd always be a shelf or two of these price guides for collectibles. And I noticed, and this is when the idea was starting to form in my head, I noticed there were like two main publishers. 
the second one eludes me, but the one that caught my eye was Schiffer because they were in Pennsylvania and mm. I was living in Pennsylvania. They were actually within driving distance. Wow. And I thought to myself, you know, no one seemed to have done one yet, which kind of surprised me. Even in 98 was the first book, I guess. And I thought, I wonder if I could interest them in doing one for for Simpson stuff. Because I, I thought, there's enough stuff. <laughs> there's definitely enough stuff. <laughs> and, and that was only eight years in. Right. And uh, I, I sent them an email. And honestly, it was as simple as that. They came back and they said, yeah, we would be interested in doing this. Wow. And uh, if you're familiar with any of their other books, you know, they have a company style and it basically involves taking all the photographs yourself, which mm. I was lucky I had someone do that for me. It meant many trips to a friend's house in Hershey, Pennsylvania, <laughs> and uh, we would spend the day just doing nothing but taking pictures of boxes and boxes <laughs> of stuff and then uh arranging them later i had an editor who put them all together in the book i i was the one who did the least to be quite honest with you <laughs> and um we did the first book which i was tremendously pleased with and you know the there was a second book a few years later but it was a little bit, if I'm going to be completely candid with you, I thought it was a little rushed, and that's mm. on me, uh, because I wanted there to be a second book, and uh, I thought I had enough stuff, but if you go through it, you see the pictures are a little bigger. There may not be quite as many things in it as there were in the first book, so I think I could have pushed it, and the, the other thing the other thing that kind of uh, distresses me about the second book as well is that in the introduction, and it's not like they didn't send me a galley, they did, and I read it, and I thought I read it, you know, I thought I paid attention. I did not. When it was published, I noticed a good two or three paragraphs were missing from it. Oh, man. And, which really was like, oh, how did you do that? You know, I let down anybody who bought a copy of it. Mm. But what I tried to do was, at the time, I was offering them to people online. And I said, you know, if you'd like a signed copy, fine. And I'll enclose a copy of the introduction that is complete because I felt so bad about it. Uh, right. But, you know, they're both out there. And um, to describe them, I was trying to curate as many simpsons collectibles connected with the show that i possibly could because that was that was the aspect that appealed to me because i have that kind of thing and i'm sure you do and anybody who collects has that little gene where they like to keep track of everything Absolutely. and just looking behind you i can tell uh, something <laughs> something's going on <laughs> yeah one or two one or two things is going on one or know? two things is going on so <laughs> i really that was part of the impetus for it too i wanted to have it all in one place and i wanted to do the best job i could and i thought that i could do a good job you know i look back at it of course now uh, i wish i could have done this wish i could have done that and uh you know uh there's so much more now that I wish someone would come along and do something similar, but 
take into consideration what is now 20 years since that last book appeared. Right. And uh, and I'm going on and on here. Stop me. <laughs> no, it's it's all wonderful information, Robert. I you know, and 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 who knows, maybe. You know, maybe another book is something that I have thought about. So who knows? Not to spoil anything, but who knows? Oh, well, let me tell you, and I'll, I'll leave it here. I'll, I'll, I'll leave this on the floor. Uh, the th- I did think about a third book, and I thought, if I don't do it, someone should. And that is, do a book strictly about the world of Springfield, mm. uh, the world of Springfield uh, figures and the uh, connected Playmates figures. So maybe just do a Playmates book that concentrated on the world of Springfield stuff and the stuff that came out around the same time. Uh, Because there are a few variations, and there's a lot of stuff that I think it would be good to gather into a single information source. That's the If I were to do another one, and I don't think I have it in me to do that, (laughs) but I would love to see somebody come out and do that. Do a World of Springfield book. That's the book I'd like to see. I do love World of Springfield, and I do have it all. So I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep that little nugget in mind, Robert. I like keep that, but... that in mind, Warren, because uh, <laughs> you'd make you'd make one man very happy. Well, you know, so so one of my favorite things about the first book, outside of you know just the images and reference, is your introduction. You talk about how you sort of became a collector uh, without realizing it; like it sort of just happened. Yeah, that's true. What do you think attracted you to Simpsons collecting specifically? Um, well, it was the show. And I was, you know, uh, I was just such a prime target for that show <laughs> because I grew up with Mad Magazine and uh, the sort of humor that the Simpsons represented, which is to say both high and low, both intellectual and slapstick. Um, this was just they couldn't have made it for for me any better than if they'd been trying i mean it was just i was so in love with it and so it was very natural to pick up a thing here a thing there and i you know at the beginning had no intention of say oh i'm going to amass boxes full of Springfield stuff and (laughs) Simpson stuff that did not occur to me. It was just my pleasure in the show. And I will tell you this too, for what it's worth, uh, because I noticed one or two things on the interwebs, even at my advanced age. (laughs) And I see where some people uh, think that, you know, either the best years are behind them on the show or that, uh, they had their golden moment and you know, may, maybe somebody ought to put the thing out of its misery, but I have never felt, I mean, obviously it's gone up and down, you know, maybe one week it doesn't knock it out of the park. Right. But every week I am consistently entertained by characters that have been on the television for 30 years. Absolutely. And I'm, a, I'm, part, I'm really sort of astonished. I, I my favorite comparison is the same year that uh, The Simpsons premiered, Twin Peaks premiered, which I loved almost as equally. Right, me too. And oh my god! So you know, sometimes I wonder what thirty years of <laughs> Twin Peaks would have been like. Instead, I got you know, I got a year or two, and I got thirty years of The Simpsons, which right. is fine. You know, that's fine. Uh, but they've been around uh, such a long time. 
I give credit to anybody, the individuals right now, at any rate, who are keeping it going and are keeping it funny. And we never sit here and not laugh. Right. I mean, it's really, I think, I think it's just a wonderful show. And I'm, you know, it takes me back to that conversation and you can probably refresh my memory here. Maybe it's the very first time that comic book guy talks about worst episode ever. <laughs> Is that it? When he has the argument with Bart, uh, they have that little exchange and Bart says, all right, so wait a minute. These people you're complaining about who make the TV show, um, you get to watch it every week for free. And, you know, and however the rest of that great monologue goes <laughs> and, and then comic book guy pauses and he goes, worst episode ever. <laughs> and he, he doesn't get it. You know, it's like, you're getting this for free. <laughs> I, well, I, I have to compliment your comic book guy impression, Robert, real quick, uh, which is quite good. And, you know, so anyone who listens to this podcast or who follows me online knows that I am right there with you. And I am I advocate for newer Simpsons very hard to the point yeah. that I know there's people out there that are sick of me saying it, but I don't <laughs> care. I, I think The Simpsons, even at its worst, is better than most shows. And oh, uh, yeah. I'm not going to stop watching it. I'll take it as long as I can, as long as I can get it. So all you negative Nancy's, I'm not interested in hearing. Hey, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm, I got your back, son. <laughs> do, do, do you know what I love? And I, I, I will, you just really tell me to shut up. No, uh, you don't, don't shut up, Robert. Keep it going. <laughs> do you know what I love about the first 10 minutes of every episode? And I'm going to, I'm perfectly honest with you here. Yeah. Um, you can tell they're in the writer's room. They want to get the characters to a particular spot to kick off the plot. But the best part of it is they don't care how they get there. <laughs> it, they want to make it. They want to take them. They want to start out as far away as possible and take you by the most circuitous route to where it is they really want to go. Right. And so the first 10 minutes of the show are just anything they want to do. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it. it's just, I love the fun they have getting them to the place they really want to be. Oh, and absolutely. That, that happens in the first 10 minutes of every show. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'll tell you the way I normally explain it to people is I know, I, I know the general area that most people say that they fell off. And, you know, the mm -hmm. example I always make is, you know, comedy itself was in a strange time. And yeah. uh, I think anyone that doesn't believe that the show not only came back and was up and down throughout its entire run, I think anyone who's not willing to, you know, watch that and see that, I think they're missing out on a lot of really great episodes. So that just oh, tends yeah. to be my stance on that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> really? That's, that's, you know, I just, I watch it, I enjoy it. And that's really how it sort of, how it's, how it started. Because after a while, I guess I became more conscious of wanting that stuff and i'll tell you what the really awful thing was was after the first book came out and i'm the king of rationalizations after i had the first book i thought well this gives me the biggest excuse in the world <laughs> to keep buying more and more simpson stuff you oh, know yeah because oh i can do another book or oh i'm mr simpson now and now <laughs> i've got i've got a book and i can look, there's something yellow. I'll buy that. So, you know, I, I can relate to that heavily, Robert, because 
So when I first started collecting Simpsons stuff, I started an Instagram because I was like, well, at the time I was living in a small apartment and I knew I wasn't going to be able to display a lot of it. So I was like, I'm just going to have this Instagram, take photos of it. And that way I can sort of catalog while what I have as I, you know, just sort of start to grab this random stuff at flea markets and things like that. And it sounds like you had a similar experience. So, um, you know, I, I started the Instagram to catalog and keep up with my collection and because people seem to care well, then I just, you know, I also <laughs> rationalized. I was like, oh, well, now I have to buy more stuff so I can share it with everyone. So, Oh, the, uh, the trouble that, always starts when they care, isn't it? That's, <laughs> that, that's it. And so that really made me, uh, that really helped me start the collection in, in yeah. honest. So yeah. um, I, I think that that is, um, I think that that is super relatable because I, I needed a reason. And uh, once I had a reason, I couldn't stop. So, now tell go. me how long, because I'm looking behind you and I'm seeing this fantastic collection of stuff and it's Thank beautifully you, displayed. Thank you. Uh, which I have to say, I've I've never been, I'm not good at that. You know, if I were to tell you what Simpson stuff am I looking at right now, uh, you know, there's a, a handful of things, but I, I never managed what so many people online seem to manage, which are these beautiful displays. Um, you know, I can see the uh, nuclear plant lava lamp from here with Blinky on the top. Oh yeah, I can I can see a glass domed clock that Homer seems to be banging on to get out. <laughs> um, and well, this this brings me to something you may or may not find interesting in connection with the book. Uh, when when I started putting the book together, a lot of the stuff. Most of the stuff was domestic. It was American. But as I started to really hunt in earnest and go to uh, toy shows and collectible shows looking for this stuff, and there was one show uh, every year in Atlantic City that they called Atlantic City, spelled I-Q-U-E. Some clever wordplay there. Very, very clever. Very clever. And uh, you'd go there and the advertising would be something like, you know, so many football fields of collectibles. <laughs> and what I what I realized, you'd spend the whole day, you'd go up and down the aisles and just you'd come home heavy laden. And uh, what I began to notice was the American stuff had sort of stopped appearing. It had dropped off. But around the world, because you would meet dealers at these things from around the world, from France and from Germany and from European countries. And this is where I have to tell you, when I first saw these beautiful porcelain things, these beautiful Simpson porcelains that were being produced in Europe, I just, I thought, why don't, why have we never made anything like this? So I, my point really is just that all these wonderful things were being made in Europe. And I started to get those. I became friends with a fella who was British and would make regular trips there. He was a collectible dealer, and he would let me know when he'd come back with a whole bunch of new stuff. And there'd be that. So let me run a theory past you. Uh, Hit me with it. uh, Well, here it is, Uh, which is it seemed to me that after the first book appeared, and I could be way off base here, But it seemed to me that after that appeared, it seemed to me that Fox or the powers that be or whoever it was, all of a sudden, it seemed to me that American stuff started appearing again. 
And there was a new wave and then another wave of domestic stuff. So I don't know if it was the book or just the fact that the book drew attention to the fact that there were fans here who wanted to see new stuff. I mean, I, I think I think that theory holds up because, I mean, you really do see, especially in between the two books, uh, like you just said, that there was a lot of stuff that started to, uh, and not just, you know, th- there was always stuff, but I feel like yeah. dolls and figures uh, sort yeah. of dropped off for a while. And you really do see things start to spike back up in between the two books. So, you know, Robert, I have no problem giving you credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm not sure I can, but, you know, I, I've always wondered in the back of my mind about that because it seemed to me the timing was kind of interesting there. And then all of a sudden you're seeing stuff, stuff, stuff. And no one was happier than me, right? you know, any well, excuse to, you know, spend my money, but, you know. <laughs> well, to that, you know, to that effect, I mean, your books are almost collectibles of their own. And I think one of my favorite uh, you know, sort of nods to that is in the second book, you list your own first book as a collectible, <laughs> which I think is very funny. And I also think that it's warranted. I think they are, I mean, they both uh, are not cheap books. Uh, to did get I now, really Robert. do that? I really did that. You did. <laughs> I do not remember doing that, but I'm going to take your word. Yeah, it's very funny. It says, you know, like, oh, my first book and uh, it's actually a bit of a collectible <laughs> itself, which I think is is super great. Um, and, and another thing that I want to mention about the books is, uh, you know, you talked about, and I had questions about this, but you talked about, uh, taking photos of all this stuff. And, um, I'm curious if you can't take credit for it, who laid out the front and back covers for these books because they're beautiful. Oh, I have to tell you, well, I was a little, you know, the first one, the first cover, because it's, it goes back to front. It's beautiful. And I was so happy with the job they did. I just uh, went up to the publishers one day. I brought all kinds of stuff with me. We spent a lot of time arranging it. They took the photograph. Um, The second one, I didn't care for quite as much because they bordered it. I really liked the full bleed of the first one. Oh, me too. I I found that really attractive. But um, yeah, no, nothing beats that the cover of that first one i was in love with it and i i'm so i have to give them full credit there they did a beautiful job well it's funny too because i remember you know like i said getting into this hobby uh those books were recommended to me which is why i recommend them to everyone else and uh i still uh you know i I joke that they're the bible to so many collectors because i i do think that they are still one of the best checklists and best reference for a lot of these things and i say that because Myself looking through it, I remember thinking, oh man, I need to find this. I need to find that. And I remember looking at the front photo and thinking, wow, I need all of this. And (laughs) and now I look at these photos and I find myself having almost all of it. So that, that is a big win for me because I looked at some of these, especially, you know, you mentioned porcelain products. I I looked at a lot of those and I thought, man, I love these. I don't know if I'm ever going to find them. They're going to be so hard to import and get from, you know, shipped over here. And, you know, once I started finding those things and making relationships with people that could help me get them, um, I was, you know, very, very excited. So seeing those cookie jars right on the front was always something that made me really want that stuff. I can imagine if I was in your position, I would have been I would have felt the exact same way. Yeah. And, you know, looking through it, like I said, um, you know, flipping through them both recently, 
I'm, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to exaggerate, but I'm a good 80, 85% um, for most of the stuff in both books. So, um, are you I, telling me there is stuff that I have that you don't have? Juan? There's a few things, Robert. There's, there's a few not, things. There's not, there cannot <laughs> be, it cannot be. And a lot of that is the more obscure, you know, sometimes shirts or paper products or, huh. uh, packaging okay. and things like that. But, okay. um, you know, it's it's one of those things that I find so interesting is that to this day, even beyond the books, there are mm-hmm. things that we are just now finding out exist. And I'm yes, curious, yes, yes. I'm curious if, you know, how much of that stuff did you see following the second book and think, man, I missed a lot of stuff? Oh, please. Yeah. I mean, especially, well, you know, Simpsons Collector Sector was a website before it was this Facebook page. Right. And I dawdled on there for a while, and I would see I would see a lot of this stuff. And yeah, it's just there's too much. I think I wrote somewhere in, in an article. Uh, I wrote an article about <laughs> this was one of the last real pilgrimages I made. It I made. I'm going to try English now. Um, <laughs> one of the last real pilgrimages I made for Simpson stuff was when the uh, when the limited vans went on sale. Mm. And I don't mean the recent bunch, but the first group, they, the first group where they had a hundred of each. I think there were 10 different designs. I think so. Is that what it was? I 10 different was 10. artists. And they only sold them at so many stores around the country. It was very limited. And the closest one to me was in New York City. And uh, I went there. And honestly, I went there. I got there at six in the morning and the line was around the block. And by the time it got to me, I had wanted Gary Panter, and uh, they didn't have any of the right size. And I had to, I settled for the um, can't remember the fellow's name now. It was Sam somebody, and he he did uh, the van that had all the they were yellow and they had all the bulgy Simpson eyes on them. Ah, uh, right, right. I wrote an article for somebody about that experience, and what I said was collecting the simpsons after a while it's like trying to collect the beatles <laughs> it's such an overwhelming cultural phenomenon that you know i bow to anyone like yourself or like any of the other people i see online who take this on in any sort of meaningful way because it's enormous and this is this was the point i was trying to talk to that you were talking about which is uh it's just and it becomes more and more so the more I see online. I just saw the other day people were posting pictures of advertising uh, phenomenon, uh, discs uh, put out by um, the licensees right. and stuff. And you're never going to find this stuff or, you know, 99.9% of us are never going to find this stuff. No. And it's fascinating. So. Yeah, you know, there was a little bit of that, sure, especially as the years went on. But to be honest, you know, there came a point, uh, and I used to laugh at the book dealer friends that I would have who would say, you know, you're going to reach that age where you're not going to buy books anymore. You're going to try and figure out which ones you have to get rid of. And I'd go, ha, 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 ha. Well, you know, there came a point where there was enough Simpson stuff in the house and in the storage space. and. Um, you slack off and you, you you simply can't do it anymore. And I guess it was partly that. And there were also, you, you would meet people who just did a much better job of it than you did, you know, and I would, I would, uh, I would nod in your direction. There. <laughs> so, you know, 
Well, you know, challenge accepted, Robert. Because I'm going to see, <laughs> I'm going to see just how long I can I can go. Um, you know, I, I will say, and I've told this story on the podcast before, but there was a point in time where you know I moved houses and things like that, and had to pack mm. everything up, and uh, mm-hmm. that whole experience really tested me. It really made me, uh, you know, think: Do I want to do this for so long that if I ever move again, I have to go through this? Because it was really, it was hard to do yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, that there are things I feel like as a collector uh, that are going to make you make some tough decisions about whether or not you want to keep collecting. But um, I'm as in as ever right now. So I don't I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. I'm going on eight years. Um, Wow. So I'm going to I'm going to do it as long as I can. Um, But what I want to know, and this is a this is a uh, as a fellow uh, hotmail web uh, <laughs> as a fellow hotmail email address haver yes. for many years yes, uh, sir. Y- you had an email address listed in both books oh um, gosh yeah i did ha- how many people reached out to you and what was the response like and oh. do you still have that email uh, i do it still functions it's the wow. only it's the only one i've ever had actually it's funny <laughs> um but yeah people would reach out and actually more often than not they'd want to know do I want this? Do I have this? Uh, what is this worth? You know, th- <laughs> things like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, not so much now, uh, you know, because it's the dim distant past uh, for a lot of folks. But uh, yeah, I did. I did. But then I'm the, I'm, I'm the person who gave his phone number out on local television once uh, <laughs> unthinkingly and did not realize what he was letting himself in for. So. And we would get phone calls for months after, you know. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't say I'm too happy to hear that. That's a bummer. But uh, <laughs> I am glad that the email still functions. I think Hotmail is a dying breed. So I'm glad that you still have one there, Robert. <laughs> well, it's Outlook now, right? Is that it, is Outlook. it is Outlook. It's Outlook. Now. And I guess I should be calling it Outlook. But, you know, I keep the Hotmail part of it out of partly out of nostalgia, you know, and just because that's what I always I'm used to writing it, you know, it's hot. It's, it's always, it's always going to be, it's always going to be hotmail to me. It um, still works. <laughs> so, uh, Robert, as someone who, you know, put the time into the specifics of origin and date and yeah. so many other details about the products in these books, uh, what were some of your favorite toy lines or products made for the show? Oh gosh. Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, world of Springfield was like, manna from heaven you know <laughs> i mean that was the ultimate to me uh because i thought they can keep and i was so i was so sad to see it go uh because i thought they can just keep this going on for years i mean there is such an enormous pool of characters to pull from and right. th- before they were done they, i mean they picked they picked characters i never thought in a million years you would see a you know a figure up it and it, it delighted me. Um, and in fact, tell me what your opinion is on the um, when they did the twenty-five year figurines mm. of celebrities, the celebrity figures. And they looked like World of Springfield, but they don't, you know, do anything. They don't have little holes in their feet to talk and that kind of thing. Right. But I always, I always think of them as 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 a you know as part of that 
do we not? Should we not? I mean, so they are the same scale, and I definitely think that they intended for them to sort of feel uh, like they were in that. I mean, they definitely next to the, each other. They they're not exactly the same, but they do resemble. And you know, if you put a Marge from Playmates next to the Marge from NECA, they yeah. are you know basically the same, mm. the same scale. Um, mm-hmm. I do really wish that they were. Uh, that they also talked because they made a couple of figures in the NECA line that I really think had to have been leftover ideas that they really wanted to make. Uh, uh-huh. Springfield. Like I wish the glow in the dark burns uh, was a figure that talked. I wish the, you know, the mm. Marge gets a job. Marge was something they made back then. Um, <laughs> I, I do love, love that. that line. I love that line. Mar- Marge gets a job. Marge. <laughs> I just know. I love, I love that. But I mean, you know, I guess it, you can consider them roughly the same. I do think the uh, NECA packaging is is not nearly as cool as the well, yeah. Springfield packaging. But we, you know, that makes sense. Well, the, the best thing about that line was, or the Celebrity Twenty Five Year Line, was that uh, I did not have to do any arm twisting with my wife to get in figures of the Who and Elvis <laughs> Costello because they were going to be they were coming here regardless of what I had to say. Because, you know, there was no way she was passing those up. You know? <laughs> but, uh, uh, but no, you asked about that. Uh, it's funny, you should ask, because one of the last lines I really started collecting was the Funko Simpsons. And, oh, Lord, Funko is an endless black hole, you know. <laughs> you, once you get started with that stuff. And my problem is I have so many things that I love that are not only pop culture, but movies and uh, TV that, you know, they made Funko to part me from my money. (laughs) So uh, I did buy the first four just because, you know, I had no idea who these guys were, Funko. And I thought they they look kind of goofy, but, you know, it's Simpsons and it's only four of them and I'll get them. So I bought the first four and then there'd be a few more and a few more. And I'll be honest with you until... I'd say last autumn, I was really, and it's, it's one of the few Simpson lines that I actually still made a conscious effort to follow and to buy. Uh, until last August, when I kind of fell off, I think it was during the most recent Treehouse of Horror set right? and some of the chase figures and things like that, um, I was pretty good at keeping up with the Funko Simpsons until late last year. And now, now I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of big deal slacking now and, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by them, to be honest. I, I was sort of being particular about which ones I bought. I was like, Oh, I'm only going to get the ones I really like because I knew if I didn't do that, I would just run out of room for them. And I, you know, now I'm still buying only the ones that I like and I'm still running out of room for them. But I got to say, uh, buying those first four, Robert, was quite the investment. Those go for big bucks now. So that's what I read. I read, yeah. and I'm astonished. And uh, so I'm trying to keep them in good shape now. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> those are those are going to be sought after for years to come. I don't think enough people bought those. Um, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, I, I, I guess they, and I, my only complaint, uh, and anyone listening that hasn't seen them, Google them, they don't actually look the same as other Funkos. So that always You're bothered right. me. <laughs> no, you are absolutely right about that, Warren. In fact, I was going to say something about that. They do look odd, yeah. uh, especially when you compare them to the, the later, not only uh, Simpson Funkos, but Funkos in general. 
Yeah, it is. It is quite strange. But I mean, they were they were early, so I, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold yeah. their feet to the fire. But no. <laughs> uh, when you put them next to the current ones, they do look a little strange. So I'm not oh, I'm do. not. They do. They look weird. They and they, they do such wonderful ones. I mean, I'll tell you my favorite. No, well, they, I'm wasting everybody's time with this, but <laughs> my my they do they pick like World of Springfield. They pick such obscure characters after a while because they do so many. They do, and they took from an issue of Fantastic Four, and I kid you not, there was an issue where Spider-Man lost his uniform. He lost his outfit. And he needed he, he needed help from the Fantastic Four to to be able to leave, you know, so he wouldn't be recognized. So Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, gives him a leftover Fantastic Four outfit, and he says, "Well, what about my face?" And he gives him a paper bag, and he puts the paper <laughs> bag on his head, and they put two holes in for eyes, and you see him, you know, being Spider Man in this wow. issue, and he, he's he's running around, and he's swinging from building to building with a fantastic four outfit and a paper bag on his head. Funko made one. They <laughs> made one. That is, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, they must sit around with a huge room of people just <laughs> pitching the, ama- the most obscure ideas. I mean, I, I don't see any other, any other way around it. Um, the, the guts it took to make that. I just, I, I admire that. No, I admire that too. I actually did not know that. I'm going to look that up. Um, I, I'm sure some of my comic book friends are, are roasting me for not knowing that, but that's really great. Um, oh, that's wonderful. Well, you know, speaking of collectibles, uh, yes, you know, sir. how much of the stuff in the book was your personal collection? Um, I would say, especially in the first book, definitely all of it. And wow. then when the second came around, I tried to put feelers out to other local collectors and stuff and maybe there was a handful of things that i did not own in the second book but by and large that's all my stuff yep wow how much of it do you still have or is it all gone most of it i have um some things have met with uh bad ends Mm. uh because sometimes you put things in the basement and sometimes come on robert you're breaking my heart i'm sorry no but you know (laughs) sometimes weather and sometimes Odd creatures you had no idea lived in proximity to you uh, up here. So, um, look, most most of it I still have. Most of it's in pretty good shape. But uh, as I say, I'm not the display type. But um, you know, well, most of it's still here. I get, you know, we'll talk, Warren. Hey, we'll, we we. Will, <laughs> you know, Robert, you took the words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> We will definitely I'll, talk. You, I'm sure you I'll, got a couple of things I, I sorely need. So, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. I yeah, don't, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, I think one of the reasons uh, that Simpsons collecting is so infectious, uh, and I talk about this a lot, it's because it's seemingly never ending. I mean, just the sheer volume oh, of stuff honestly, that was made yeah. from 1990 to 93 is is astonishing. Um, yeah, yeah. How did you actually go about selecting what to feature in the books? I mean, I'm sure that was sort of tough. Not as tough. I mean, I really went, I really tried to do everything I could find. I really did. Uh, so if it's not in those books, I didn't find it. Wow. Uh, really. I mean, be quite honest. Uh, you know, I really did the best I could to record a photo of everything that I could find. Wow. And yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and as you say, it's been, you know, it's been 20 years. There's been so much more stuff. It's been a deluge. 
uh, stuff. Right. And I, I just, I, I mean, I look at your wall in awe. I truly do. And uh, congratulations. And I think it's wonderful. Ah, that's, that's too kind of you to say. And enjoy, uh, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I think what is so uh, amazing, like we sort of mentioned earlier, is, you know, that was a lot of stuff. And a lot of it, some of the only photos that I've seen of some of it are in these books. Really? And, you know, to this day, we're finding out about prototypes of dolls that we didn't know yeah. existed. We're finding out about, you know, we're finding out that there was a Bartman Dandee doll. We're finding out all these things mm. that that I mm-hmm. never knew existed and didn't see a photo of until, you know, within the last two years. So, you know, I, I find it so incredible, and I've said this to other people on the show, that out of all the stuff that was made, just imagining all the stuff that was not made mm-hmm, really does mm-hmm. blow my mind. Is there anything other than, you know, things you featured like the auto and the grandpa, just some of the rarer items? Are there anything that that you found out about since then that was not made that some people might not know about? Hmm. I will tell you, and I think you tell me if it's credited in the book, because I'm not sure. I think I did. Uh, that the auto doll that uh, you're referring to. Incredible. I, I got that from Bill Morrison. And uh, that's the only reason you see it in that book. Because uh, he was kind enough to uh, let me have that. And uh, while we're on the subject, uh, I get to tell my Bill Morrison story. Please. I, Bill, Bill has been on the podcast. I love Bill. So please tell that story. Well, first of all, what kind of a doll is Bill Morrison? He's incredible. He is, he's like the nicest man, you know, <laughs> that you'd ever want to meet. And in fact, you know, I've only met him once. I met him at a rather small and obscure comic book convention that was uh, nearby. And God, what a sweet guy. I mean, you just can't, you know, are you sure you're in show business? <laughs> you know, I mean, where does this man come from? It's true. Um, he's so nice. And uh, I went there with a certain amount of money. All of it stayed with Bill uh, because Futurama had just started. And uh, he had these wonderful posters of each of the main characters that were full face posters of uh, Fry and Leela and Bender. And he he had other stuff. And it was just everything he showed me. I'd hem and haw for about 30 seconds and go, yeah. (laughs) How much is that? And and to to the point, I mean, it started to rain. And when I when I told him that, because I my arms are now filled with stuff of Bill Morrison's and I'm I telling you, you know, it started to rain out there. He said, would you like to borrow my umbrella to get it out to your car? I said, who is this man? Who is this guy? He is, he really is great. And I'm, oh I'm, my Lord. I'm so, I'm so lucky to uh, own a few of his original sketches for ads that he did and things like that. And oh, I'm just such a huge oh. fan of and Bill. And such a so. talent. I mean, yeah. what a talent. I mean, not just Simpsons related, but as an artist, what a talent. Yeah. And no oh one, no one has drawn more Simpsons than Bill Morrison. I say this a lot, uh, you know, and finding out in my episode with him, episode 14, anyone that hasn't heard it should listen, uh, you know, finding out how much of the merchandising packaging he drew is really oh, eye-opening. Yeah. Well, and, now see, I have to, now I have to tell you this. <laughs> no, tell me, please. <laughs> no, I have to tell you this story because he told it to me and the, I 
can't vouch for it. I'm, I, I'm sure it's true. But uh, he told me that one day uh, Matt Groening came in with a stack of the first book. And um, he and I'm I'm assuming this I'm assuming maybe this was at Bongo. I don't know if it was at Fox, but I can't tell you because I can't remember. <laughs> but he came in with a stack of them and he just handed them out to the artists and said, all right, here you go. This is this is what you've been doing for like the last 10 years. You know, <laughs> here's a record of what you've been drawing for 10 years, which I thought was hysterical. But uh, he assures me that that happened. Wow. And it makes me, it does, it did make me feel a little relieved too, because the, the word in the title, unauthorized, and I'll tell you this, when we were doing the book, but this was something that Schiffer always did. They would put these books out. It still made me nervous that the word unauthorized was there because I thought they may not agree with a production like this. And I thought, I don't know what could happen. And part of me was nervous about doing it, really. Wow. Uh, but it came out and the second book came out. Everybody seemed cool. And so, you know, here we are. So, but yeah, there was a little there was a little bit of nervousness on my part that it was an unauthorized sort of a deal. <laughs> but I I take it there was kind of a tacit understanding when they would do these sorts of things. And maybe it would be more trouble than it was worth anyway, you know. Well, you know, all you're really doing with those books, Robert, is you're helping them make even more money. So well, uh, <laughs> they should be thanking you, you know. That, well, so thank you, you, Bart. Yes, that's right. <laughs> they, they, they should be thanking me. <laughs> Worst so, network ever. <laughs> yes. So good. Um, so, you know, something else that you say in the first book that still really speaks to me, and this is you know, uh, it's, it's where you talk about judging what something is worth to you and, mm. uh, you know, not just to collect because you think it'll be worth money. Uh, right. and that is something that I often talk about. I, I collect things that I truly want and enjoy. I'm not on a quest mm -hmm. to just get everything, you know, necessarily. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you expand on that? What is your, what is your feelings on that? Um, well, because, and I don't want to, I don't want to say anything that doesn't, you know, I have met, I've, and there's always a, a fringe element, I think, in any sort of collecting or any sort of fandom where people's attitude, that is not people's attitude or that is not a collector's attitude, where, where the attitude really is, I want to get everything. And um, it, you know, it turns me off a little bit. I, I think these things should generally come out of love and they should come out of appreciation. Um, and just to say i've got three of the decals that came out in portugal in 19 <laughs> you know it doesn't you know it doesn't excite me so and i don't want to bum anybody out either but one of the reasons you sort of stop collecting things is that at a certain point and this is absolutely true uh you hold something in your hand and you think to yourself how long am I really going to own this or how long can I enjoy this? Right. And when you've reached 65, your attitude changes a little. Um, my attitude hasn't changed about why you should buy something, but it's connected with it, which is to say, if it's not something that's good, I'm going to sound like, you know, <laughs> I can't remember her name. You know, the woman who's, thinks the only thing in your home should be something that sparks joy. I'm sounding oh, right, like, right. You know, um, 
But <laughs> yeah, if you don't love it, um, if you're just you know buying it to to you know, it's like those folks who buy books by the yard for their shelves so that they look educated. You know? Right. Um, no, the only the only point I can see in buying something is 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 because you love it, and that's but that's just me. I do honestly because obviously part of that is in me, or I wouldn't have tried to be as thorough as I was. But um, you know, so there's there, I do understand wanting to be a completist. I do, um, sure. but I don't necessarily understand. Um, I just want to be, uh, you know, king of the collectors you know that that kind of bit i uh, i'm not in love with Uh, so uh i hope i've answered your question i'm not sure i have no you have uh, you have and i I think it's important for people to remember that you know any sort of hobby like collecting um if you're only doing it because you hope it'll be worth money then you know you're not going to really enjoy this stuff anyway. You're going to constantly worry about, uh, you you know, should I, should I open this? Like I've had certain items come through my collection, uh, that I knew were on the rarer side, but the packaging had seen way better days Mm -hmm. and I wanted to open that and enjoy it. I didn't care, Mm -hmm. um, if I would, you know, if it would be worth less because I opened it because I wanted to enjoy, uh, the item. So, I think there are people that would discourage you from that. And, you know, anyone yeah. listening that is a collector, uh, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was my, my wife who taught me NRFB because she used to like to buy Barbies. And of course, uh, when she'd get a catalog of stuff for sale and it would say NRFB, I said, what was that? That's never removed from box. <laughs> well, what is the point of that? Right. Of course, she also taught me um, green ear and toe chew. Those are two maladies that Barbies suffer from that I don't think any other dolls suffer from. Oh, so, wow. Never heard yeah. that. That's, that's why. Oh, gr- green ear is because Barbie would have an earring, and eventually the metal and the rubber would not be happy with each other, uh, and so you'd get that green ear. And her tiny little toes, you know, uh, some kid is eventually going to start chewing on. So Right. Right. Toe chew is something the Barbie collecting community fears uh, <laughs> greatly. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and I don't say all that about packaging and things like I, not to discouraging. Well, I leave a lot of stuff in the packaging yeah. if I truly oh, sure. love it, but sure. I just don't think there's rules. Like I think you should collect yeah. in a way that makes you happy. So I love that point you make in the book uh, because I do believe that, you know, it, it matters what it's worth to you. Not so much, uh, that you're like, oh, I'm going to make a hot buck off this one day. Yeah. So yeah. I, I always try to pass that on. Well, I, you know, I, I want to know, and this is something that's, you know, a bit deeper of a question, mm. but mm. what do you think makes the Simpsons different from other fandoms? Just in your, in your time collecting it and things like that, how does it feel different than other fandoms to you? Um, or does I mean, it? To, well, uh, well, well, here I'll draw, I'll draw a line for you. There's one, episode of the simpsons i have never seen do you want to try and guess what that is oh um uh, i i do but i can't <laughs> okay all right it was the simpsons family guy episode ah because and i don't know don't know where you stand there Warren, i'm not but, not uh, not a fan not a fan not okay, a fan i'm not yeah. a fan even even less a fan of um uh, South Park, which I have never gotten, but I, it's, it was not made for me, you know, so I'm not going to, not going to argue, but, uh, yeah, I've never seen that, never sat down and watched the Simpsons family guy one because it was like, I 
cannot bring myself to do this. <laughs> you know, I should, of course I should. I'm being an idiot. I should watch it, but I have never seen it. Well, let me, let me just put it this way. Uh, and this might make you feel a little bit better. Uh, I, I made the same mistake. Uh, I, I made the same mistake. It's actually a family guy episode. So it's not technically a Simpsons oh, episode. Okay, so, okay. so you don't feel bad. And you know, I, I'll, I'll save you the time I watched it and I did not like it. So, uh, you know, well, I hope, I hope I'm not offending anyone with that opinion, but if I am, it, it is what it is. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> to speak to your point. Uh, I think the Simpsons is, is a, um, a smart audience. I think of them as a very smart audience because I think if you're going to get all of the jokes and if you're going to sit there and freeze frame, uh, you know, every sign in the, in the mall, uh, after the show's done, uh, you know, uh, I think you really, and, and not to mention all the adult jokes that went over your head, uh, back, uh, you know, going back to the late '90s, early 2000s, there were there was stuff there that you know kids weren't going to get. Uh, so it's a smart show. It's um, it's a very it can be a very physical show, uh, physical humor and physical comedy. But I think I you know I'm not going to go. Well, look, it's a bunch of yalies. You know what am I what, what am I telling? You? <laughs> uh, it. That's what I think of. When I think of Family Guy, I do not necessarily think of them, that audience getting the same report cards that the Simpson audience does. Did I, <laughs> did, did I, did I put that, did I put that well enough? I'm, yes. And I mean, and, and, and just, I, you know, I've never cleared this up for any of my listeners, but I, when Family Guy first premiered, I, I actually sort of liked it. I thought the first few seasons were okay, but it is my it is my personal opinion that it has aged poorly and that mm, I mm. don't think it's very good currently. If someone out there listening is like, oh, I actually really like Family Guy, more power to you. Yeah, um, but yeah, it is yeah. not it is not the show for me. And um, there you go. I'll tell you what I did love, and that was King of the Hill. Absolutely. Which I, th- I thought was brilliant and also just as consistent as The Simpsons and just just wonderful. I thought it had wonderful writing and it had wonderful uh, uh, actors on it. And I was really sad to see that go. Uh, you know, anything Mike Judge does is usually pretty wonderful. But boy, did I love King of the Hill. So did I. And in fact, I was asked recently, if, if The Simpsons didn't exist, what would my favorite animated show be? And yeah. that was my answer. So there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah. You know. Wonderful, wonderful show. Very, very pro King of the Hill podcast here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, and it's funny. And maybe you know people like this, too. But uh, they were people who were Simpson fans. And I'm sorry. Let me try that again. Simpsons. I take other people to task when they make that mistake. Um, <laughs> I knew other Simpsons fans who did not like King of the Hill because they thought, oh, it's just a, like it's like a Simpsons knockoff or it's, uh, you know, or. Or they didn't like the, you know, the fact that it was sort of Texas-based, and uh, they didn't like the locale, and they didn't get it. They just didn't get the vibe of the show. Sure. And I never understood that. But uh, I thought, really, if you appreciate The Simpsons, I'm assuming you can appreciate King of the Hill because it's just it's equally as smart. Oh, it's it's a fantastic show, and I'm you know I wish there was a way. Uh, that it could come back. I would love to see oh, uh, new episodes of Game You of and me but. both, Warren. Boy, <laughs> boy. And uh, I still think of the last scenes from the last episode of that thing. And I just, I so I was so sad to see it go. Yeah, absolutely. I I've got not, figures of those guys. I, yeah, I couldn't, I, you know, I have to, I have to 
make myself not, but, uh, I do, you know, recently, and, uh, I won't let this, I won't take this on too much of a tangent, but I've gotten really into disenchantment and, uh, they, they were nice enough to send me some stuff uh, from the show. And it's really hard for me, uh, not to just start buying disenchantment stuff. So I have to keep myself in check. I have to, (laughs) I have to ask you, is there much disenchantment stuff out there? There is not a lot, but there are some Funko pops. There are, um, Uh, there's like throw blankets. There's like some, there were some sculptures made that were very nice and very expensive. So I'm not going to buy those, but I'm seeing some stuff pop up and it's hard not to get it. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hide my face in shame now, but I'm going to tell you, (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I, I put the first episode on. And this is coming from someone who loved Futurama to death. I really did. Um, Me too. I put the first episode on, and I fell asleep. Ah. And, and I knew I should go back to it, and I, and I never did. And what is it on now? Is it two seasons or more? Uh, three. Three seasons. Three. Three seasons. I'm I'm sure that I'm missing out on something, but I I just need to sit down with it, I guess. But uh, yeah, it did not it did not get me from the get go. But uh, I will go back to it. I, I will I will implore you to do that because yeah. I agree, and I've said this in like three episodes, and people are probably sick of hearing it. But it does start <laughs> off a little bit slow. Uh, but it, but by the end of the first season, I guarantee you will be in. And I also believe that it is in the same universe as Futurama. So if you mm. like Futurama, I do believe there will eventually be something there. Uh, there's some references and some things that make sense. So uh, fingers crossed for that. What, uh, yeah. Robert, I, you know, I could honestly talk to you all night, but I'm not going to keep you on the phone forever. <laughs> um, but I do. Don't inflict that on your audience. Don't I do. do I do want to know, uh, or I want to say rather on the way out uh, that I don't know a single Simpsons collector, like I've said throughout the episode, that doesn't recommend or use these books and you know sincerely how does it feel uh to to just know that they're still you know being used and and being sought out on their own warren i'm i'm enormously flattered by that and and by your invitation to come on here as well uh honestly i never dreamed that uh because even at the time that they came out i wasn't sure all that many people were using them i'll be honest so (laughs) Uh, no, really, it makes me feel wonderful. I mean, if anybody gets use out of these still, uh, I'm just more than pleased, uh, more than I can say, because that's what they were there for. And at least I get the impression that I did manage to record a moment in the collecting of this particular stuff that, that needed to be recorded. And, uh, I guess I managed to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm happy if it, if that was of use to someone, I really am. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how flattered I am by what you say. And, uh, <laughs> really I am enormously. So thank well, you. It, it is, it is sincere, Robert. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there to any uh, collectors that are listening. Uh, Robert, you know, let us all know that that email is still live. So grab your, <laughs> grab your book and, uh, you should shoot Robert an email and just tell or him. Just shoot him. Just shoot him. No, just, just shoot him an email and let him know that these books have definitely been a huge help. And uh, you know, I, I think it's you know, I, I'm I'm happy to have had you on, Robert. I'm happy to have picked your brain about the process of the book. Oh, please. And uh, you know, to to just to just have a you know a fun conversation. Uh, about you know the work that went into those books and and what it was like. So uh, you know I would love to uh, 
you know, there's no reason not to have you back on in the future. And there's no reason for us to not talk uh, more about this stuff. So I will for sure be in touch. Well, Warren, uh, thank you so much. I mean, it, I've, uh, it, it's been a genuine pleasure and I've, I've just had a ball for this last hour and it's been tremendous fun to discuss this. And it's, it's funny because when you extended the invitation, it brought back an awful lot of what I was thinking and what I was doing when I started to put these books together. And I had sort of forgotten, there was a lot I had forgotten about why I did it and how I went about doing it. And it's been, it's really been fun to go back there. And I thank you for that. Thank you. It was, it was my pleasure. And like I said, Robert, uh, it's not going to be the last time I'm for sure going to be in touch because it seems like we have some stuff to talk about also. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm telling these boxes are not well marked, Warren. I have to tell you. Yeah, that's it. Hey, I'm, I'm game for it. Um, <laughs> but with that said, uh, as for me, as for my new friend, Robert Getz, uh, go get the books and uh, shoot him an email and I'll see all of you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out the official Instagram at Simpsons is greater than, or follow me on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for checking this out. I'll see you next week.